Welcome to the Dog Show Show podcast, presented by the Staffordshire Bull Terrier Society of New South Wales and featuring Kim Reader. First episode of the Dog Show Show. Dog Show Show. The Dog Show Show. And our co-host, it's not co-host, guest. Special guest. Special guest. Star. Our star. Our star, that's it. Our star. star. The star. <laughs> the star of the Dog Show Show. Is, is Kim Reader. Tell us in a thousand words or less the Kim Reader story. <laughs> okay, well, I'll try and keep it concise. It's been some 50-something years that I've been involved with um, our lovely breed, the Staffordshire Bull Terrier, which is a very popular breed. Um, and I sort of started at, well, I didn't sort of start. I started at nine. My mum uh, had uh, won a daily double on the greyhounds <laughs> and... Uh, our blue, our red cattle dog had recently passed away, and the kids wanted another dog, and I'm one of four. So um, basically, she just said, "Would you like some new clothes, or would you like um, a, a new dog?" And of course, the dog the was dog the popular choice. Yes. <laughs> so um, we we did that. She went off and uh, contacted a, a vet called Dr. Paul Pemberton. Uh, who had a Staffordshire Bull Terrier that used to greet us when we went to the vet with Sugar, the, the red cattle dog. And um, so she had her eye on, on this dog named Ozzy for a long time because he was so good with the kids. So um, so she was hoping you were going to say the dog and not the clothes. I think so, <laughs> but she knew what the replacement was going to be. And mm. um, to my mum, her kids were everything, So yeah. like most mothers. So um, basically, yeah, she said... Um, I'll ring Dr. Paul and see where we can find one of those Aussies. So uh, off we went and she called up Dr. Paul and he said there wasn't a lot around, but there was a litter over at Green Valley and he would make some contact and give us the lead there. So we went over there and we um, visited a litter of puppies with a gentleman named uh, Mr. Barrett because everybody referred to each other as Mr. and Mrs. in those (laughs) days. Back in the day. And uh, it was a long time ago and uh, we chose a, well, actually all that was left was a um, lovely little um, blue brindle bitch and um, her name was Samantha and we named her after her mother. We called her Blue Samantha and her mother was Sam, uh, who was a a red and white pie. So uh, basically off we went with this little pup. Everybody's very excited and um, my mum rang her dad, who was a uh, all my mum hailed all my mum's family hailed from Tasmania, so very earthy people. And uh, he was a pigeon fancier, and uh, she rang and said that she bought this purebred dog for the kids, and uh, had a chat with him. And he said, "Did you get the pedigree, love?" <laughs> and she went, "No." And he said, "Well, go back and get the pedigree." So she went back and paid, I think it was another ten dollars, got the pedigree. And, and on our next Sunday visit to um, my nans and pops, she took the pedigree and he had a look and then started chatting about what to do with her if she ever wanted to breed her. So basically that, we went to the first Stafford shows. I think we attended the first or second Stafford shows that was set up by a club that was uh, set up by a bull terrier person, Mrs Officer, and uh, some other gentlemen who had Staffords um, because... Um, Mrs. Officer was had the uh, experience in clubs mm-hmm. and what to do to get. Clubs so, were you affiliated. watching the show at that time, or were you go, Did you enter the show? Uh, we, we we went to the show. Mr. Barrett mm-hmm. rang up and said, "Look, do you do you know? Seeing you got the papers, do you want to show her?" Mm-hmm. 
And we said, mum said, yeah, okay, we'll give that a shot. Can we take the family? Yeah, mm. we can mm. take the family. So uh, we went to um, our first show uh, over um, at somebody's property. wasn't even a showground. Mm-hmm. And um, she was, I think she won first or second. And um, my sister won the child handlers. So we're oh, all wow. in. So we're all in when the kid won the child handlers, really. So for your first show, you came out with all that yeah, accolades and you, yeah. you were you were hooked. You, you were, yeah. I think so. That's it. I'm, I'm in. I'm done. <laughs> it was like, oh, she must be all right then. <laughs> wow. oh, not great. that we really – it was nice, but I think um, like most people that get into um, purebred dog showing and breeding, uh, they often – or they did in those days – start off like that. Mm. Um and often people, what we try to encourage these days through the Stafford Club is exactly that. If um, you join and we can help you nurture you through those things, um, if people don't necessarily want to do the confirmation or perhaps their um, Stafford doesn't meet the standard, which is you know basically the blueprint of the breed, and the reason why those blueprints were written back in all the days when they registered these breeds, either in England, Europe or whatever, except for the primitive breeds, um, they basically um, are there for a standard to keep the dog true to what it should look like and what its function is and its fit to do that function. So um, that's basically why people often leave the ring. But there are other options. That's what we have... um, Days where we do um, racing the clock, trial days. We have um, days where we have scent works. Mm-hmm. And there's all these new other things that have always been there. Our clubs always run them um, to encourage people that there's not just one thing you can do. There's also things like administration. Um, if you, you know, we join you up and then we can, you can help with administration. Mm-hmm. It's not just a dog show. Our club is a community. Mm-hmm. That's how we like to look at it. So, did, did you you did you start the Staffordshire Bull Terrier Association or Society, or was that already happening when you started showing? It Was dogs? already happening. Mrs. Officer, the Bull Terrier okay. lady, was doing all the administration and affiliation and showing them how to run shows and doing the process that's required. At that time, yep. we were all affiliated with the Royal Agricultural Society. Okay. So um, it was a bit different to these days. Yeah. Um, the fraternity. Um, moved away from the RAS eventually and became their own body. Uh, so at that time, it was very much um, run under the RAS and there you were affiliated with the RAS, just like the cows and the cats and everything yeah. used to be affiliated mm. in there. Um, so she had that knowledge because she was the secretary of the Bull Terrier Club mm. and had a love for Staffords as well. Mm. And her friends had Staffords. They brought them in. And it was very much um, Brights were the people's name that's, that had the Staffords. Mm. Um, and they they decided to start it up. So that was registered in 65 mm-hmm. and we started in 67, even though we were registered in 68. So we were there after mm. the first couple of years. And then we moved into, because um, to register was to breed a litter and we only just bought a, a young puppy. So we weren't. As I say, okay. we, we didn't really look into the breeding side like most people don't um, at that point in time. Things when are different now off. where people mm. want to register just to breed. Yeah. So, and we've lost a bit of the arm of the, of the um, actual showing. Uh, uh, and that's another reason I'd like to do this sort of podcast is to educate people and include them yeah. into a fraternity that can be lovely. Yeah. 
and go from there. But anyway, I'm getting off track. So um, <laughs> anyway, so no, we started in um, 60. Um, so 65, the club was registered and then we started in 67 and then started breeding in 68. Right. So yeah, so I was just straight in. Um, Mrs. Officer was always very lovely and inclusive and, and they all were. Um, and of course, there was the old time judges and as there is the world, people were more respected in those days yeah. too. So um, it was very much um, a matter of, you know, what the judge thought and your peers um, in relation to your your dog. But what we've got to remember, as is the case now too, your peers are also your competition. So mm. you really do need to go to experts to, to find out about exactly what the situation is with the quality of your of your Stafford. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, that's a whole other story. So, um, <laughs> so when you, your sister showed Blue Samantha, Blue Sam first, what was your first dog? Oh well, was uh, it one of Blue Sam's pups? No, my mum got into it in a big way, yeah. and she decided that what the Stafford needed was a was an import. So we had um, a very good friend in. Queensland by the name of Dr. Lois Davidson. Her prefix was Almaday. And she was the importer at the time. She was a doctor. She had the funds and she had the funds to go to England. There's no internet or Facebook or anything Mm. like Just think all there is is letters. Yeah. So um, Snail mail. (laughs) That's right. That's all there is at this time. So um, she used to go to to the UK, go to the shows and come back with the information. As soon as she came home, we'd all get in our cars and drive to Queensland and have a chat. Mm. So she she brought um, so the oracle. Yeah, she was at the time, and everybody's <laughs> had their oracle through the decades. Yeah, yeah. Before her, there was um, Marion Forrester in the New Zealand who were, who came from England, and she was the oracle at that yeah, time. Yeah. But anyway, so um, she bred a litter from her import, and uh, my mum purchased a puppy from her. And I can remember when she landed, we went to the airport and picked her up and I'm very excited, this is my dog, right? I'm having one. This is mine. <laughs> yeah. So uh, she comes out of the the, the box, the crate, yeah. and mum's not saying much. When we get home, she rings up Dr Davidson. Lois, she's here all right, everything's fine, she's, she's well, blah, blah, like we all do. Yeah. Okay, but when are you going to send me a head? You've left a head behind because she had a very bad head the, the, to, to the standard. <laughs> Sorry, right? oh. in my head, that's right. in my they, head, in my head just said like the dog had been decapitated. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, that, it's a dog joke. Did you get it right? close It's to very the much dog speak in a dog joke, right? <laughs> yeah. Lawrence, can you send me the head? Oh, can you send um, me the head? So, it, um, she had a very poor head for all, as far as the standard was concerned. Yeah, yeah. Didn't right? meet yeah, the standard. Yeah, yeah. Um Always, Dr. Davies going to go, oh, darling, don't be like that. <laughs> so anyway, she was my dog. Um, no, the head never came in a box or any other way. Um, so I got to show her she was my learning curve. And this right. is what I say to people, do not be put off. If because, your dog doesn't have a head. Well, if your dog doesn't meet the standard. <laughs> yes. You've got to start with something you've got to learn. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And yes, you might not always get the prize. But what it did do was educate me in, well, losing a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Having said that, she did yeah, win yeah. a Best in Show in Queensland at the Stafford and Bull Terrier Show. Right, yeah. right. Um, 
against bull terriers and staffords. Yep. Uh, but having said that, um, she was uh, my friend. Mm. If I was unhappy, I would go mm. down the back with a packet of Morella jubes and her and I would share them. Mm. <laughs> so she was my, I call tea and, um, tea and sympathy, I used yeah, to call her. Yeah, yeah. So, mm. um, but basically, yeah, she um, taught me a lot, but didn't put me off because I got to handle and love them, some of the most beautiful dogs in the world. Mm. Yeah. So, um, but she was always my friend. So I showed her um, not, not to very much success. I remember being at a Royal Easter show mm -hmm. and the judge put a last and I thought he got mixed up and went and stood up the front and the <laughs> steward came and got me and went, no, little girl, down the back. You're at the back. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> but, my, I, but my sister wins all the time. <laughs> well, no, my mum took that dog. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, but at the end of the day, it was like, it was a big learning curve um, until one day my mum said to me when I got old enough, she just said to me, come here, I don't, I don't want to handle anymore. Mm. I'm going to teach her. Mm. So she became your mentor. Sure did. Yeah. All the mm. tricks. Mm. Because when you show a dog you've got two minutes to the judge, he's, he's basically got to judge the dog into, or she in two minutes. Mm. And if you're a very succinct, clever handler, you can cover up any fault. You just put mm. the, the, the dog's best foot forward in those two minutes. That's right, because yeah. judging now has got so confused in this country that people are very confused on what to do. They'll say to you, do you want the dog on the table? Do you want the dog on the ramp? And there's big discussion often about, you know, handlers turning dogs the other way, all sorts mm. of things, and mm. you just say, I always just say, because I've been a, a top handler, yeah. just get the best out of your dog, whatever you want to do. Mm. I'm here to judge you. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of people have a thing that... The, they're the judge and they've got control of the ring and the rules tell you that the judge is in charge of their ring. Mm. But having said that, you also want to make your handler comfortable to get the best out of, your, out of their dog. That's what they're there to do. So mm. we all got to be part of this in my mind. It's mm. not about saying what somebody can and can't do. It's over the top. It's about inclusiveness. Because mm. yeah. you know? if the handler's relaxed and, and feels comfortable, then the dog's going to feel comfortable as well. That's right. That and sense. if you're a judge that's worth their salt, you can see the fault anyway. But yeah. we're judging virtues, not faults. This is what we've all mm. got to remember. Yeah, yeah. And I, mm. I know in previous discussions we've had, you've talked about there are certain things you're looking for anyway that you, I'd imagine you just can't cover up, like... If they don't meet certain criteria, it doesn't matter how nicely you present the dog, you're still going to see those. Well, there's some things you can cover up, yeah. usually anatomical, but when you move them, they just go back to who they are in straight structure. They yeah. can't help it because there's nobody holding them together. Yeah. So mm. you do see it on the move. Mm. Um, but um, And, you know, gifted eyes. It's my mum used to say, any fool can find a fault. It's the gifted eyes that can find the virtues. Mm. Mm. And that is so true. And that's what you're looking for. You know, unless there's something that's so wrong that it, it's affecting its health, mm. that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Mm. some really obvious faults or like a, I don't know, a faulty gait or something like that. They're not walking properly or they're not... They're unsound and yeah. therefore that must be coming from something that's not correct. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, there's, there's, there's those sorts of things. I always tell the, the lovely story that my sister judged some toys and she had a... Um, toy terrier there and he had um all these hair missing around his eyes and mm. other areas in a pattern and she said to him look um i'd just like to say today that he's a nice dog but 
you have a thyroid problem and I'm not a vet, so you need to go to the vet and get that tested. Mm. And um, so just, you know, giving you their heads up. Well, about mm, 18 months later, she's judging somewhere else, same group, yeah. in walks the dog, puts it on the table. The same she, dog. Same dog. Mm. She looks at the man and she goes, it's him, isn't it? And he went, yep, you were right. Yeah, wow. Mm. And it was a beautiful dog. Yeah. So, you know, health is very important in what we do. Yeah. And we're very, good judges are very much sticklers for that. Mm. So anyway, back to the story. <laughs> I get off every time, don't I? Uh, uh, That's how, right. So how, how do you, so you've, you've showed dogs, you've handled dogs, you've judged, you judge dog shows. Now, uh, how do you go from handling the judge? Well, you just, how did you go? Well, I have a belief and my whole family as judges do and did that you've got to change your hat. You mm-hmm. take your hat off, you're you breeding and you whatever hat off mm-hmm. and you put your judging hat on. Mm-hmm. So today I'm the judge and I have to look at it differently. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to breed this dog, right, first of all, but I do have to also look at him and whether he's enough quality to be bred. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I do have to keep that in mind. But I have to take all my, my opinions and assertions from my breeding about this breed, particularly when it's your own, and put that over there in a box and just look at it from a judging aspect. It's hard and not everybody can do it. Mm. And uh, there's a very famous guy, he's also passed in um, the UK called Tom Horner, who's I put on my Facebook page his, what he says. I'm honest, what he says is on the day you go in, this is just basically what he says, I can't quote it, but basically he says you go in there and you don't care what the dog's won before. You don't know. You don't care what the dog's gonna win. You don't care who owns the dog. You don't care who bred the dog. You look at the standard in your mind and you apply it to that dog. That's all you do, and you come out with the best one, and you can go home and live with yourself because you did a good day's work, basically. Yeah, yeah. And that's yeah. what I do. I. That's how. I, not all judges do that. A lot of judges don't have the capacity to do that. Uh, in that, you know, they don't know enough about the breed or the breeds or whatever. And there's two judges, they're specialist judges, and they're people that have had the breed for a very long time. Mm. And then there's all-rounders, which are people that I always do an analogy to a specialist as a medical specialist who knows everything about that issue Mm. or that breed in our case. And then there's the GP Mm. who knows a lot about, a little bit about everything Mm. to Mm. make sure that, Things are fine. And why we need them both is because you'll find that the specialist will um, accept and forgive a lot more, Mm. where the all-rounder will judge a structure, make sure that everything's there. We just recently had a judge from the FCI, which is the um, European body of which we're a part, Mm -hmm. and he refused some of the dog's prizes, and he gave the reasons why in the Mm. breeds. And what he said was exactly right. Mm. But they, again, they have a different different model that mm. they judge under mm. than mm. we do. America does. And England does a different model as well. Yeah. So that's the thing. So it's, you know, if, when you have people from overseas, you have to accept that that's their model. Mm. And it's more thorough. And it also gives you a critique on the spot. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I think, in, um, as you say, I'm thinking like, in, in rugby league parlance, you'll talk about the good referees have a feel for the game and they'll let the game kind of flow differently. The older referees, the guys that have played before, whereas the younger referees tend to be sticklers and they'll just want to make it 
to the know, rule to the absolute letter. Yeah. Whereas the um, the older referees will sort of use a bit more discretion. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's all about emotional intelligence these days, isn't it? Mm. We mm. have to put ourselves in people's shoes. Mm. And, you know, with, with our club, that's what I hope that our club and our committee will do. We have always done it. Mm. You know, there are rules that we have to stick by, otherwise we'll get in trouble. Mm. But there are also, you know, we'll work well with people as, as long as they're, you know, we'll do that as well and they will, you know, understand that we're all here to make it better for everyone. Mm. And you can't always have your own way either. I mm. think that's what the world's forgotten. Yeah. Actually, yeah, that's right. Everybody everyone. just wants their own way. Yes. So, um, but, yeah, but, yeah, that's so right. that's that's the case. But, yeah, we went on um, – Eve um, eventually – um, was dissexed, and uh, you couldn't show dissexed dogs in those days. You can now. Oh. Um, and actually, we, my family helped bring that rule in because, you know, sometimes you would have something happen to a really lovely specimen of the breed mm. and they couldn't show anymore, and you'd think, oh, what a shame. Mm. And uh, so it was in our best interest to be also able to have them still compete. Maybe they were like Eve, dissexed, and, mm. you know, if she'd been a wonderful specimen, well, then, you know, you would say, oh, what a shame, broken-hearted, can't take her in anymore. Yeah. Um, but no, we have, um, we ha- you know, it's more, more to do with they still have to meet the criteria of the soundness and all yeah. that stuff. You know, <laughs> my sister had a funny story once too. She, she judged a, a show in Queensland. They had nudists and this dog had one eye. And she said... The nudists. It's like, what are you doing? It's it's a nuder class. It's not. Oh, you said nudist. No, nuder. Nuder. The judge just went around tackling. No, out. sorry, I have to remember. You don't know the terminology. Nuders desexed. <laughs> but they call it nuder class. He's gone now. <laughs> As he neutered. Okay. <laughs> sorry, forgot. I need to keep on track with what people do and don't know. This is what's great uh, about that's this. All right. I'll clear him up, but I'm just, I'm just in my head. I had a nude Don Hagler. He was Hagler. picturing, <laughs> he was picturing nudists. Why have they both oh, got the lipsticks goodness. out? <laughs> 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 uh, and it, it, <laughs> well, I want to test how much I've learnt from you because I feel like this is where I get to see if I've actually paid attention. So, <laughs> if the dog is desexed, I'm going to say you, you've used the term "fit for purpose," right? Is it no longer fit for purpose if it's dissex because it can't breed? Is that what we're looking no, at? No, its is purpose it just, isn't to breed. It's not to breed. And this yeah. is a lot. When I judge child handlers too, yeah. and, and you know, you, you say to the, the, the young child handler, you know, what was your dog bred to do? Yeah. And they go, oh, have puppies? Yeah. No. 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 Hmm. Or they'll say, um, to come to the show? Hmm. So what is a Staffordshire Bull Terrier bred to do? Okay, so back in the 1800s, um, nobility and all those people, royalty, yeah. were all involved in, um, you know, gambling and that, that was yep. their very big yep, thing. Yep, yep. Um, and the Stafford was bred for bull and bear baiting, which was very much um, the entertainment of the time for mm-hmm. royalty and mm-hmm. also for people to make money. Mm-hmm. Um and that's why part of the standard clearly states that they must be good with people, and in particular children. That's right. in the standard. Okay. So um, they would bring the baby home from the fight in the pram with the baby, and they used to look after the dog so well. He was the breadwinner. Mm. If he was a good mm. good fighter, he would 
win lots of purse. Mm. So, um, and there was a, a, there was lots put up for this because, as I say, they weren't just um, as they termed them then peasants. Mm. Um, they were, you know, high societal, and even if that does happen these days illegally, that's who's involved. So, mm. well, they've got the money to spend. That's what people yeah. need to understand. It's put on for people, people with money. With money. Mm. Mm. It wasn't put on for, for, you know, just any old guy who worked in the foundry. So, um, but yes, they were bred in the 1800s for bull and bear baiting. Um, but um, as that was outlawed, mm. um, what, would hap- what happened was they registered them with the English Kennel Club as a show dog. Mm-hmm. They were a different dog then. They had a uh, more. The standard was that they were sorry to talk in imperial, but two inches taller. Mm-hmm. And uh, the standard changed not very much, but a bit differently. But having said that, again, it was a very long time ago, and what we have today is a dog that looks different mm-hmm. and is more about balance mm-hmm. than the pe- temperament has been encouraged in the way of. Um, the good with children part. Mm. Mm. Um, that's been more of the encouragement than anything. Mm. Um, we've had our um, ruffians over the decades that have come along for other purposes, mm. but as happens, it's an illegal, so mm. they're, they're gone. So, you know what I mean? There's just, mm. there's not, uh, that doesn't happen anymore. So, I mean, I know people say, yes, it does. Well, if they know that, how do they know that? It's mm. my mm. answer. Mm. Um, so, I always think good with kids. Whenever I think Staffordshire, I always think good with kids. Like that's so many people I've spoken to about it, and that's their their thing. I know they're really good with children. They're yeah. very protective of the children. Yeah. So yeah, that's probably the first thing I think of when I think of the breed. Actually. Yeah, well, most people buy them for the kids. That's why my mum, like as I said, you know, Oz, Ozzy was there. He always greeted the kids at the front door. There was never a drama out of him. There was plenty of dogs and cats walking by. Yeah. Mm. But part of the Stafford standard and temperament, when you get into the temperament, is, is that he has the capability, but that doesn't mean he starts it. Mm. He shouldn't mm. start it. Yeah. Okay? The capability should be there, but he would never, never start it. I mean, I always draw the analogy that, you know, because of my era, Muhammad Ali... He could walk down the street and I'm sure he could punch anybody out and that would be the end of them. Yeah. But he didn't. Yeah. He was a gentle giant, wasn't he? Because mm. that was his job. That's what he knew he was to do. Staffords don't do that anymore. Mm. So at the end of the day, the actual um, aim is to get the best kid dog you can. Mm. And if anything does go wrong, well, people just don't keep the animal. Mm. It's not safe for anybody. Yeah. And I don't think I've heard of that happening, to be honest. And mm. often it comes on the television, you know, there's been a dog attack. They've got off us lately. But they say, you know, it's a staffy or a, mm. a Staffordshire or something like that. And what happened was the microchipping came in and people microchipped their dogs Staffords because they were safe because mm. they didn't bite anything. Mm. 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 So if it was a more dangerous breed... They just say it was a staffy anyway. That's right. I'd imagine there'd be a lot of people as well that think they've got a staffy and don't. Yeah, sure. That's what's happened, yeah. yeah because yeah. the supply wasn't there either. The, yeah. the the breeders... Or it's cool to call them a staffy. You know, oh, we've got a staffy. It's cool to have a staffy. So that's right. The breeder goes, oh, it's a staffy. Yeah, and see, as purists, we don't even think like that. Then yeah. we, and it took us a while to get our head around it. Yeah, mm. yeah. And it could be that there could be six other breeds in there as well and none of them are 
you know, one of them is the one that's actually the aggressive one kind of thing, I would think. Well, I did had a question from somebody the other day about um, their dog had a blue eye. Hmm. Well, we call it a stranger to the breed. Hmm. If it's not in your inheritance and it comes in, what happened? Huh? <laughs> it's not in your inheritance. We always called it a, what is it like, the royalty do above the sheets and the aristocrats and under the sheets? Actually, there's a story that's come out recently with the Queen where she had a bunch of the corgis and they were apparently all descended from a single a single corgi. But um, one of them looked different and somebody said to her, what about that one? That one looks different. Oh, yes, her mother was a trollop. That's right. Well, the Queen the queen was a, a really good breeder. Yeah, yeah. She yeah. used to have them shown mm. in England and um, very much, you know, into that sort of thing, you know, hunting and all that, because yeah. that's what they came from, from that era. Yeah, yeah. And she bred some lovely corgis. And um, quite a few people from this country had met her, gone yeah. there and spoken to her about a breeding program. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, because in this country, fortunately for us, um, even though we're right down the bottom of the world, mm. um, we had lots of good breeders of lots of breeds. Mm. And um, we would, you know, import and do what we did with what we had and some of the best you know some of the best dogs in the world would go to England and be shown and you know lot, quite a lot of breeds of one crafts mm. Mm. do you know what I mean it's like we are we do have a, a substantial in in there and she she was you know Harry Spira who yeah. used to be in the RAS um, when we were the RAS days, he used to meet her regularly and talk about what she mm, did. Mm. There's another lady who um, was around. She's very early now. She used to go and talk. But what she did, as you would notice with the royalty, uh, they very much become uh, crowd pleasers. And so she, she sort of said, well, you know, um, at the end of the day, um, I need to roll with it. So she got a, a crossbred and, yeah. and less... But I see Charles. How, what is he? King Charles now. He um, he's into Jack Russells, which were developed in Australia. Right. So anyway, that's another oh, story. Yeah, no. <laughs> it's a Jack Russell story. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a very interesting story. But the English insisted it was their breed and have registered it well, there. Would have thought he'd be so, Cavaliers. Cavalier King Charles. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, we're all us dog people keep our eye on what's going on with that. Hmm. What are you going to ask? I was just going to say, so this is obviously the first episode of your of the podcast that mm. we're looking to do or you're looking to put together. So the purpose of that is, as you were saying, you're wanting to get new new interest into the into the club and new people. Well, as you said, there's lots of staffy people out there and we don't discriminate. We have two lots of membership and um, we've, we often run events where we in all's welcome. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't just say Stafford's only. Um, we are very much... I, we understand that the world has changed mm. and that people, you know, have different crosses of, of bull breeds um, and we include all those. And we've recently had a scent work and we opened it to all terriers. That's all we were permitted to do. With the, so what do you do at a scent work? Well, it's an American thing. Mm-hmm. Um, they are at high level. They have their dogs go onto onto aeroplanes mm-hmm. and do it, you know, bags and stuff like oh, that. Yeah. We're very early stages in this country. And mm-hmm. so basically um, the Stafford Club had their first um, scent work um, trial at Easter. 
And what we did was we, the, the Dogs New South Wales only allowed us to have terriers. So we opened it up to everybody. And what they come and do, we have a barbecue and have a social day. Mm-hmm. And then what they do is, is they will um, put different scents in different places, under chairs, in the tyres of a car, mm-hmm. um, on walls all sorts of things, and then they take them in one by one and the dog has to find the scent. So they've got a particular amount of time. The shortest amount of time that you do this, you get points. Right. Okay. So then that's a points towards a scent work uh, trial champion. Mm -hmm. So what happens is is that, you know, they might go in, get the scent, um, and their their owner has to go... um, say a word and then they're ticked off now the one i looked at at easter was interesting or we also do expo days where we mm-hmm. show people and give them a go see if they want to do it mm-hmm. and um it was hot the, the the sun was burning through the window the dog couldn't find the scent because the heat was making the scent go Disappear. all over the place mm. so yeah, yeah. there's all these things you can get site uh, scent work um, packages that they send to you to do it at home and see if your dog's interested. Mm. I mean, we did our first ones with chicken, which we never use. It's usually a scent. But to get them going, because any dog can find chicken, um, <laughs> especially roasted chicken. Mm. Yeah. So um, there's that kind of thing. We also included unregistered dogs that weren't part of the show world um, so that the, they can register on a different register and then that can um, also entitle them to the championship just because they're not a registered Okay. So you can have people that are part of the dog dog world and then people that have just got a dog that they want to see how they go with Because the, we've been very inward, we just chose. Mm. Um, the governing body, all I say, the Stafford Club, we've been doing it since oh, 2010 where we just put on fun days. Mm. And just, fun- ca- just cast the net a bit wider to try and get different people in. Well, look, you know, as I said, how do all these people start? I mean, yeah, yeah. we started because... My mum wasn't going to show a dog. She got the kids a dog. Yeah. Mm. Um, you've got to realise why people get into it. Mm. And we're not in this one basket of we go to the show every week, pick up a ribbon, and we've all got the great greatest dog ever. Our aim is to be progressive in getting that great dog. Mm. Okay? If we're not lucky to hit the jackpot on the first go, mm. well, then have we got the commitment and the interest to pursue that by mm. obtaining the best dog um, buying the best dog, breeding the best dog, mm. um, that sort of thing where, um, you know, it's not everybody wants to do that. Mm. And uh, our club has always recognised that. Mm. that. There are people out there who have had a couple of goes. I mean, some people are winners. If they don't get a prize on the first go, they walk away, mm. especially now. Back we mm. used to put plans in place on how we're going to get the best dog. Mm. Yeah. But now we want it now because everything's so instant. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's so okay. What else have we got out there for you guys to have fun? Mm. And like, okay, there's scent works. We're going to the Stafford Club's going to be the first club. Um, I've spoken with Dogs New South Wales to have what's called Barn Hunt. Mm. Now that's fun. Stacks of uh, you can see it on the internet. It's all over America. Yeah. Where it is um, piles of uh, hay, and um, They've got a, a scent, put, go in there and find the rats. Now, there's no rats. We mm. don't use the rats. We're not allowed to use rats. RSPCA won't let us use rats. Mm. So we have scent, like the smell of a rat and droppings and stuff like that. So all other creatures are safe. Mm. 
Mm -hmm. Um, But basically, um, and, you know, so many people say, oh, I'd love to do that. My dog's always chasing the rats around the paddock and, you know, or the mice or whatever. Mm. Like, you know, so that's going to be the next thing we do. We're just waiting for approval for that. Um, We've got, um, we've always done lure racing, we call it. And we used to race them against each other and um, we found that wasn't, we couldn't manage it so well. Went well, but we thought there's got to be an easier way. So we decided a short distance because a Stafford is faster over a shorter distance. Um, And we we called it a lure day and it's a distance and it's the fastest against the clock. So, and then we opened up to all breeds Mm. and we've got short end long leg now because it was a bit unfair. So, so some person work you know it's unfair we can't race against and that's what we want mm. we want input we want input from people we want them to be part of of our club um support the club but we do have other arms that um yeah, i was gonna say it's not just it's not not just showing dogs we were talking about this earlier yeah it's other jobs within the club. what else could people do if you were wanted to volunteer for a community organization wanted to do something like what else could you do within the club structure well we love volunteers mm. um just after the Olympics in 2000, um, volunteering New South Wales was huge and mm. a lot of volunteers wanted to continue their volunteering in some capacity. So they opened Volunteering New South Wales and um, we contacted them and we said we're after these people to help us at our show. Um, these three lovely ladies turned up. We wanted you know, assistance for barbecue and cooking and all that kind of stuff. Mm. Two ladies got on the barbecue and a third lady got on there as well, but she was seen to be, I just want to help you, what do you want? Mm. So, okay, that was all good. And uh, we're very happy to say that that volunteer entered the show world. She um, went and got herself a dog, albeit not a Stafford, which was fine. <laughs> um, she got a dog. How, how dare she? You know, well, <laughs> you know, we're not all for everyone. Right? <laughs> so, but still, she went and I think she got an Australian Shepherd. Um, she showed for a little while, not successful, but then identified that she had uh, some other um, capacity that she could help the dog world. Mm. So she mm. became a steward for the show ring. Mm. Mm. And um, she's um, been stewarding ever since. Mm-hmm. She, her old dog just recently passed away and uh, she's on the, on the stewards list and can call on her any time in a really great, fun lady. And... We're always so happy. And the reason why she said she did it was that she came to the Stafford Club. We were so um, encouraging, embracing, engaging towards her and just said to her, um, you know, okay, so what is it you want to do then? Basically, she didn't really want to do the barbecue. I can help in other ways. What is it you want to do? And she actually tells people that. You know, they just said, whatever you want to do, we need this, this and this. They gave them a job and I went and did it and and it was fine. You know, it was such a great day. Mm. And the same for our other volunteers. They recently retired. They got, they're um, quite elderly now because we've had them for a long time, Mm. since 2000. Mm. And... um, they said the same thing. They just enjoyed so much the people. Mm. Um, we used to have an event support officer, coordinator, and he used to be there to, um, again, came in as a volunteer. Mm. He used mm. to come in and, uh, you know, um, just make, knew all the rules about security, so knew how to help people. Mm. One guy one day fell down, he brought him back. Mm. He was like, you know, not well, and he got him going. We got the ambulance, yeah. did all the bee stings. 
um, mm. did any issues at all, carried people's stuff from the car for them when it got too much. Mm. Just a gen, and he he tells me even now he used to go like be down the airport and then people would bump into him and go, "Oh, what are you doing here?" <laughs> Like they from the dog show. Him from the dog show. From the dog show. <laughs> yeah. So I oh know I do work at other things, you know. So I think what I'm trying to say is there's a capacity for people to come in and um, and be involved in everybody loves dogs. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Everybody yeah. loves dogs. And um, well, we know we know a couple of people that don't. Oh. <laughs> but yeah. it's 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 that thing where we were talking of off air about like people with disabilities you were sort of mentioning wanting to attract different kinds of people in you know um, different backgrounds different groups of people they always want to work with animals they want to work with dogs they want to be around dogs and and most people think the only pathway there is veterinary or Mm. vets nurse or vets assistant or vet something or other or, or or volunteering at the RSPCA or somewhere like that but you could be in the dog world and you could be around dogs every weekend and helping and that's right supporting people with their dogs couldn't you you could and yeah. you know things like um you know it, it would be at a voluntary capacity because clubs don't have the income mm. but you know things like um um do you know people to help with administration or help in any way they want to help we're Events happy in management. our club to have them help yeah, so like, like we were talking earlier, you know, if you had a young person that was doing a, you know, just out of school and they're, they're doing an events management course or something like that, they could, like that. Yeah, yeah. they could come and do their work experience side of things with your club, for example, setting up events and, and right. being part of that. So it's not just about you've got to have a dog to be part of the dog show. You can be still part of your club and assisting in that in those sorts of areas that's right administration um, yeah uh, there, there are some little loopholes that we can help them with but mm. at the end of the day um that would be perfect and um and have, that way you're you're getting the younger people involved as well and, that's right or yeah. anyone from any age age bracket really you're looking at but if you're wanting to let get young people involved getting getting them in doing some work experience types type of things well processes um, you know people some people are great with processes hmm. and that's all it is you know there's rules around these processes we have to follow to still be affiliated hmm. and then you know um with the shows there's processes hmm. we have to go through when oh you know, um we have updated in the dog world we now have um ipads to do the stewarding on mm-hmm. but there's you know all all the other things to to um running clubs and you know who knows one day somebody might say i want to be a steward or i'd like to show one of those dogs Mm. that's my also my intent Mm. um maybe they'll get a stafford that would be a bargain because we love our breed yeah um, do you know know someone that knows some people (laughs) just a couple but i will say they're hard to get um everybody will tell you that right now Mm -hmm. yeah their breeders aren't breeding as much because we've got the um the uh, legislations from the state government and in every state's got changes which has made it harder for everybody mm. okay. but that's another story that's yeah. another episode oh yeah sure is <laughs> but anyway back to the so, to the do you want to go back to the so thing if, at the top if, if they wanted to find out more about this where would they go um there's a facebook page my stafford club my your stafford club no it's called my stafford club. my stafford club okay and there's the staffordshire bull terrier society of new south wales inc mm. on the facebook page yep um there's um contact me yep. i'm the secretary yep. 
in relation to um, how we go about this because I would be the mentor um, and go forward from there. So if they were to send a message through Facebook, for example, it would go directly to yourself? Yeah, and I will. Um, I'll. I have to change the email address because it's um, changed. But I'll put the email address up there to email me. Beautiful. And the phone number's there. You just call me. Yeah. Um, happy to talk with anybody who's interested in that. Mm. Getting interested in showing, interested in anything to do with our club. You can go mm. through the Facebook page and see all the events that we have had in the past. Mm. And um, yeah, don't think it's just it's just showing dogs either. Although we like people to show dogs, but we understand you have to get something that's competitive. Mm-hmm. And you can't have the, the dog shows without the people running the dog shows. That's right. So there's the people running the dog shows, there's the people showing the dogs, there's the people, the event people that go and show, you know, run their dogs or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like kids. You get them to try everything, don't you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. To see what they like. And then that's they what go, they're good at. That, yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Well, you like it, you're good at it, I reckon. But like you say, you know, you could get someone that's coming in to do some some volunteer work in administration to build up their skills or build up their experience in that area. And then because they're working with you and they're learning about um, the dog show world and they're learning about dogs and they might then, like you say, then become themselves a dog shower or a dog. Well, they could secretly want to be a dog shower and the admin stuff's their way to get in. Yeah, yeah. And they, they secretly sort of say, I wish I could show dogs. And then, and then get the confidence to actually do that. That's mm. right. Yeah. You're the opportunity that's exactly the to right. do that. You yeah. know yourself if you're in something, you find your niche, don't you? Mm. And like the lady you were talking about who came in as the, the barbecuer and the cook who then became a steward in in the dog world. So That's right, and, mm. a, and a very good one. Mm. Um, Would it be inappropriate to serve barbecue hot dogs at a dog show? No, they eat anything at dog shows. <laughs> they eat anything. They're very um You just got to make a hot dog joke. <laughs> oh, that's all right. That's the um, Daxon ring, that one. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's a good place to leave it. I think that's a good place to finish <laughs> it. People went, can I get a sausage dog, please? <laughs> you know what? Oh. They, love. they just go, yeah, come this way. <laughs> oh, all right. Thank you. That's it. Episode done. One. Thank done, you. One, done, done. One, done. There we go.